The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. May I tell you about our kind, kind sponsor that makes uh, portions of this program possible, and that is Relief Factor. In fact, Relief Factor, I could say, makes more than just a portion of the program possible. Uh, If it wasn't for Relief Factor, I honestly don't know if I would be sitting in this chair today. Because a year ago, I said, I can't do it anymore. I can't, I can't live with the pain that I'm in. I can't continue to do this. And my wife, continu- uh, my wife convinced me to take Relief Factor. I take it every single day now. And it has greatly reduced my pain. It reduces inflammation, and it's all natural. Please, try it. it uh, let me tell you what my, my wife said. I said, honey, I don't know. It's not going to work. It's all natural. That doesn't work. She said, just try it. What do you have to lose? My answer was 20 bucks, and she was like, oh, my gosh, well, you don't want to lose 20 bucks, and, you know, with the possibility of, you know, getting your life back. All right. 70% of the people who try it go on to order more for the next month. Just try the trial pack. It's 20 bucks, three-week quick, uh, quick start, relieffactor.com. If it works, you get your life back. Relieffactor.com. The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Hey, how about that brawl yesterday in the Oval Office? Was that great or what? I mean, I don't think anybody won on that, but it was fun to watch. I was actually, I want the Truman Show for all politicians. I want them on camera all the time. I think this is fantastic. We'll get into that a little bit later. Also, I want to talk to you a little bit of what's happening uh, over in uh, the UK. Well, now saying, uh, who was it that uh, downgraded Deutsche Bank? Deutsche Bank just came out and said, yeah, we're going to raise raise the odds that the UK, the government, will collapse to 30%. Ow! But what has the president tweeted today? Also, Christmas should be a time of happiness and celebration the world over, but in Europe, it is now the season of terror. The sounds of Europe's famous Christmas markets of Merry Christmas and laughter are being replaced with the sounds of Allah Akbar and gunfire. Two years ago, ISIS attacked a Christmas market in Berlin, killing 12, injuring another 48. And tragically, the sound of automatic gunfire. Strange, in a continent where you can't buy automatic uh, weapons, the chant of... Allo Akbar was heard at yet another Christmas market in Europe yesterday. This time it was in France. We begin there in a minute. This is the Glenn Beck program. You are never more than one minute away from just brilliance spitting, uh, spilling out of our mouths. Well, that's probably not true, but we get back to the show in one minute. Um, home is where the heart is, especially during the holidays. But also, I mean, it'd be nice if your house looked good. I mean, you know, looking at a heart is not necessarily it's it's in your bloody chest and there's bones around it. And God only knows things running everywhere. <laughs> you want it to look nice. So treat yourself and your home to one of the easiest and most affordable makeovers possible. Brand new custom window treatments. Every order gets free samples, free shipping, and free online design consultation. Award-winning Texas-based design consultants, they're ready for you. On the phone, email, live chat, you can send them pictures. They will 
They will help you um, in all of your selections. They'll even do it for you, quite honestly, if you're like, I don't know. Uh, Right now, I just got a flag over the window. You might want to let them help you on that. 25 years in business and over 15 million windows covered, including mine. The number one online retailer of custom window coverings is Blinds.com, and that's that way for a reason. Now through December 25th, through Christmas, Blinds.com has incredible holiday deals. Plus, you'll get an additional 10% off with the promo code BECK. Right now, holiday savings. Use the promo code BECK, and you'll save an additional 10%. Rules and restrictions to apply. It's promo code back at blinds.com. Two people are dead. 13 are battling for their lives right now in Strasbourg, France. An attacker walked into the city market, the Christmas market, shortly after 8 p.m. and shouted, Alu Akbar. And then he just started firing into the crowd. He then proceeded to battle the police in four separate locations while he fled the scene. At this moment, he still has not been caught. The city of Strasbourg is on full lockdown. France's terror level has been elevated. A man, Middle Eastern descent, has been identified as the subject. This is not going to be, this is not going to make things uh, better in Europe. This is not going to calm things down in Europe. He was already on a terror watch list and had been deported from Germany recently with 20 criminal convictions. Why was he still in Europe? The politicians will have no answer. And that is why people in the st- are in the streets. One of the reasons. He is also well-known in the Islamist circles and has uh, reportedly radicalized after spending time in prison. Apparently, he wasn't too radical for the Germans, but uh, uh, not for France. He was he, the Germans said, eh? but France said, oh, we'd like to welcome everyone. Huh? What is it going to take for these governments like France? Quite honestly, America is on this path as well to wake up to their failed policies. Nearly 300 people have been killed in terror attacks in France in the last three years alone. 300 people in three years. But despite that, the French government refuses to address any immigration issues. They continue to open their border policies. They, more importantly, refuse to listen to their people when they try and tell them that they are scared to death over this issue. This is something, if you're a long-time listener, we talked about for a long time. What's happening in France is not only the coming insurrection, which is something that we talked about 10 years ago, a, a legitimate plan from Marxists and communists published in a book called The Coming Insurrection, where the communist movement would take over. But this is something else as well. This is also the Bubba effect. Something that we have warned against here in the United States. And the Bubba effect is this. There's a terror attack in the United States. And somebody, nobody's doing anything. And everybody's up in arms about it. And the government hasn't listened. And the government just hasn't done anything about it. And they keep telling you, shut up, shut up. You're a bigot. You're a racist. Well, there's going to be a time where a Bubba is working at the convenience store 
And a Sikh comes in, not a Muslim, a Sikh, but he's got a turban. Bubba doesn't know the difference between the two. Bubba just knows that people are coming into our country and they're killing people. And he thinks turban, Muslim, Muslim, killer. And he shoots him. And everybody in the town and everybody in the United States knows that Bubba was wrong. And Bubba should pay for his crime of murder. But when the feds arrive, the town gathers around Bubba and says, we're going to take care of Bubba. You got nothing to say around here because it's your incompetence. It is your arrogance. It is your refusal to listen to people like us, not Bubba, like us, that is causing this. Because Bubba's been a good guy the whole time. But we're so frustrated, and you keep telling us there's no difference between a Muslim and an Islamist. And there is. But Bubba doesn't know the difference because you've told us to shut up. So get out. That's when civil war happens. That is what special forces um, experts told me in 2006 was their greatest concern for the United States and its future. A government that has not responded and listened to its people. Now, I don't know if they've been preparing for that in France, but that's part of what is happening all over the world. This is one of the real reasons why the yellow vests are tearing the country apart. The government refuses to listen to their fears on terrorism, unchecked immigration, open borders, the failing economy, high taxes, out-of-control spending. Wow, do any of these things sound familiar to you? How many years, how many months are we behind France? Listen to us. Listen to the people here in America. Outrage has replaced baseball as our national pastime. And do you know why Donald Trump won? Because he's angry as hell, just like the rest of America is, of not being listened to or not having common sense listened to. Nobody, nobody, well, I can't say this. What, 3% maybe of people who want a border wall? Are like, because I don't want any of them Mexicans in here. Maybe, maybe, and I think I'm being generous, maybe 3%. Everybody else who says yes to the wall is saying, look, man, I, I just we, we've got to protect ourselves. Do you see what's happening in Europe? We've got to protect ourselves. We cannot have a rush at the border. Just like everybody says, oh, my gosh, you're not going to let those people into the life rafts? No, because if they do, we all die. And then we're not able to help anybody. That's what's really going on here. But the more we're told to shut up and sit down, and it's not a problem. The problem is with you. The more disenfranchised we come, we become. I tweeted a political cartoon today that I thought was hysterical. It had this alien coming out of this, this spaceship. And it said, people of the earth, we have taken all of your politicians. And if you don't do exactly what we say, we will release all of them. 
that is the way I feel, man. Take them. Take them. People have lost the ability to engage in peaceful protest. Street, street demonstrations have turned into street brawls over in Europe. But look at the images from places like Portland. European governments are losing the social contract with their people. Why? Because years of broken promises and outright lies from Washington. Hear me. If we don't work to reduce the chaos, that does not mean don't be angry. There's a lot of things to be angry about. But if we don't work to reduce the chaos, how long before what's happening over in Europe happens here? All right, let me tell you uh, our sponsor back in one minute. It's X-Chair. Stu's sitting there just, I don't even know, you surfing porn? You're listening to old Imus shows? What are you doing? I, I, I mean, both, actually. It's a weird just, combo. It's, but, a, yeah. it's a weird thing. I don't think Don would be uh, very comfortable with, with that process, but yeah. I worry about Don. I haven't heard from Don in a while. Don Imus? Yeah, I love him so much. I love him so much. I mean, he's a guy who, when he goes eventually... I am going to the, I don't go to funeral for famous people and stuff like that. I kind of believe in, you know, Hey, celebrate them when they're alive, you know, family, I do funeral. Um, Patan, I just, I just love, I'm a, I just love him and I haven't heard from him a while. So maybe he's already dead. That's kind of usually my assumption when you don't hear from him for a little while. I just, I just, I just love him. Anyway, um, let me tell you about X chair. Stu's got his big fat butt in an X chair right now. And I don't hear any complaints from him. Uh, you're not going to hear him on the X chair. It's actually a great place to sit, and I have to sit here and listen to you all day. So mm-hmm. it's uh, you need comfort. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the X chair is mm-hmm. great. Adjusted in a million different ways, and it's a heck of a lot better than your typical office chair. Okay, now they have an X chair basic. They just introduced. It's only available for this audience right now. So you're the only ones that can buy it for Christmas. It's an X chair basic. You're going to get the critical, um, you know, dy- uh, dynamic variable lumbar that DVL support. Um, and you still get the back height adjustment and the optional headrest and the rocking tension control, which is fantastic. Just have to tell you. Um, and you can get it for a great low price. It is the X chair basic. So look for this. Look at all of the X chairs. But the X chair basic is only available to you right now. And everything's on sale for $100 off. Go to xchairbeck.com. That's the letter X chairbeck.com. Or call 844-4X-CHAIR. Comes with 30-day guarantee, no questions asked. Uh, return policy if you don't love it, but you're going to love it. Complete satisfaction, xchairbeck.com. Use the promo code BECK, and you'll also get a free footrest. xchairbeck.com. Have you seen this about Deutsche Bank? Deutsche Bank today uh, has said that uh, uh, they're going to raise the odds that the UK government will collapse to 30%. That's not uh, it? The UK government collapsing to 30%? 30%. 
What does that mean? Does that just one of their, do they mean like they're going to, I know they're doing a vote of no confidence apparently today. Yeah, Um, this is all coming from, this is all coming from Theresa May and her, uh, uh, her. The Brexit thing falling apart. Yeah, Yeah. falling apart. And, and, and they don't think that they're going to be able to put this genie back in a bottle and the people are going to, they're already starting to rise up. I mean, it's unbelievable. Imagine if you went through that process where you, they said, hey, nation, let's vote on this. Should we get out of the EU or not? I don't, Just what do you think? put it this way. This is, if it wasn't partisan, okay, if it wasn't partisan, if they, if we would go to a poll for a special election and we had to vote, do we want Obamacare or not? And Obamacare lost and we were supposed to get rid of it. And so all the politicians now were held to that vote. And then they went in and said, yeah, we're not going to do that. You'd be, you're like, what? It makes you lose faith in the entire system. Entire it's system. foundationally challenging to a country. Yeah. You, right? can't, you can't ignore your people. Mm-hmm. And they did it more than most politicians. I mean, there was a very big, elaborate, expensive vote. And you know one of their solutions was? Let's vote again. Yeah. Excuse well, me? Well, let's keep voting until you guys approve that we stay in. That's what they yeah. wanted. That was and I, crazy. I mean, it's still on the table, apparently. Um, we should get Daniel Hannon on at some point. We I, should. I was thinking about this the other day when I heard the Theresa May thing. They might vote her out. Like, let's make Daniel Hannon prime minister. That's what you I need like in that country. You get Daniel Hannon in there and things will run right. That would be nice. Because he would not think of himself as a person who could run everything right. Yes. He would think the people could make decisions for themselves. See, that's the problem. That's what's happening in Europe is the people believe, hey, you know what? My country can run things better for my countrymen than the EU. It's, 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 it's federalism instead of statism. They're asking, stop it. We don't want some far-off uh, uh, capital making the decision for us, and they're being called racists. But I think that's the same kind of revolution that we should have here in America. It's, it, I hate to say it, but it was the American Revolution. That's what that was about. We don't want a government overseas making decisions for us. And then, because of the Bill of Rights and the way the Constitution, we don't want someone in Washington or Philadelphia making the decisions for us in Virginia or New York or wherever. It's interesting when Great Britain got on the other side of that, how they reacted. I didn't, I didn't like it that much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can maybe understand a little bit of our argument right. from back in the day. And they're not learning. They're doing the same thing well, at least that the George did. Is. Yeah, the government didn't yeah. learn anything. No. They're doing the same thing that King George did. No. No, you will. I, I'm telling you, and they make things worse. 30% collapse from Joy Bank? 30%? Well, that's not going to help things. Now, does but, collapse mean something different there? Because in, the, in all these parliamentary systems, I get confused of what the heck they mean. Like every other day, like, ah, oh, new elections tomorrow. And you're like, wait, how? what kind of system do you have? The, 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 the leader can just be like, you know what? We're going to call for elections next Tuesday. And it just happens. Uh, and like they just dissolve governments. Is it that type of thing? And when they're saying collapse, I mean, that, that says to me real chaos. But that might not be exactly what they're going for when they say collapse. Not clear whether it could win support from the Labor MPs, blah, blah, blah. Just Is it just like one of those, um, you know, you have got yeah, the it, faction, multi-factions working together and that, that, you know, unity collapses and then they have a new government and they have a new, lec- new elections and you know, that, those systems are so 
I mean, literally Weird. foreign to me. Um, yeah. Uh, it is a, it's the way you talk about them is you got to be careful. Yeah. I I think, I I think it means the, the coalition of the mm -hmm. government. There's still a really big deal collapses. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a really big deal. Um, because who takes over? What is the coalition? Who's going to cobble together coalition? Well, and plus, if they if this happens, it falls apart, and whoever grabs power is you know whether it's labor or you know someone someone on the left that wants to stay in uh, in the EU, they're going to do everything they can to make sure that happens. I mean, Theresa May, I don't think has tried actively to thwart the movement completely she's just trying to please too many you know, too many bosses and and it's not working and it's falling apart and no one's happy it's one of those situations but like you could find someone who's actively against it and then just says no we're gonna have another election and and pushes that through somehow and that's then you're looking about real collapse on the table so you're having this is this is how they're thinking that it's going to work out first the binary choice do they accept this exit this orderly exit do they accept this orderly exit uh, or not, if they accept it, which I think would be insane, they still have to live with all a, a lot of the Brexit uh, or a lot of the uh, European Union rules. I mean, it is the most one sided thing. It basically you get to stay. In, you, get, you get to leave, but you have to stay in and all the most onerous stuff. Well, no, thank you. That's not what we want. I don't know who would vote for that, but if they accept that. They, then they go through an orderly uh, exit. If they don't, it'll be a chaotic exit. Uh, these are the options. A general election. Uh, put it to the parliament again. A vote of no confidence. Leadership challenge. And second referendum. So you, if you have the no, a vote of no confidence, it will be an election or a new government. Uh, if there's a leadership challenge, there would just be a new leader, a new prime minister. But they think that there will be a vote of no confidence and there will be a new government and what they have now will collapse. But who replaces it? There's this amazing story today that we should get into about uh, uh, the rise of fascism and the rise of communism in Europe. People are turning to these two things because in Europe, that's all they have. They don't have a small, uh, a small constitutional government that is restrained by the Bill of Rights. We are the only ones on earth that have it. We should recognize that. You're listening to Glenn Beck. All right, let me tell you about our sponsor this half hour. It is LifeLock. Uh, LifeLock knows that you're going to be doing a lot of shopping online. Do you do most of your shopping online for Christmas still? Yeah. I, was, I mean, I, I don't like walking, so the more <laughs> I can do things sitting, I try to kind of accomplish them that way. Yeah. I, I think walking is the, mm-hmm. the key here. Uh, anyway, if you're looking for deals online, just be really careful. Cyber criminals might be looking for your personal information, uh, and that's why you need LifeLock and Norton Security. Please, um, this is... 
This is the time to get it. You do need LifeLock now. LifeLock, with proprietary technology to detect and alert you to a wide range of identity threats and Norton protecting against the cyber threats. Nobody can prevent all identity theft or cybercrime or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but LifeLock is the best. Go to LifeLock.com, use the promo code BECK, an additional 15% off your first year. Promo code BECK, LifeLock.com. That's LifeLock.com. All right. The U.S. CFOs overwhelmingly expect a recession within two years. That's coming up. What you drinking tonight, huh? <laughs> I'll catch Water. you later. Uh, welcome to the program. Glad you're here. Uh, Pat Bart, Gray. Why do you care what I'm drinking? <laughs> don't have any idea. Uh, uh, Pat Gray Weird. is joining us from the uh, Pat Gray Radio Roundup. Uh <laughs> And uh, mm-hmm. we're somewhat caught Pat Gray unleashed immediately preceding this program. Eh, yeah, whatever. Um, but we're we're mm-hmm. uh, glad to have uh, Pat. We want to just give you a quick update because I think this is important. Um, CFOs, 82 percent say that we are headed toward a a major recession uh, in 2019 or is it 2020? Uh, twenty by twenty twenty by twenty eighty two percent. Twenty nineteen is forty five percent. No, wait, that's not good. Is it? <laughs> no, that's, it's not that's good. Probably not a good. And thing. it's it's not good because mm. of uh because of the elections. Well, many reasons, well, but uh, that's but one also of, uh, yeah. nobody wants to go into a recession. Right? Oh, yeah, please, that's not fun. Please. If you're just talking about political Everybody loves it stuff, it's going to be very difficult to win an election if the, if they are right. And that's got the, the economy has to hold yeah. up. I think so. So Don't here's the, yes, I do. So here's the thing. The reason why I put that actually first, it is lots of mm-hmm. suffering, and when lots of people suffer, they immediately go to the government for help. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to the election, it will be a socialist sweep. It will not be a democratic sweep. It will be a socialist sweep. No, you'll elect somebody like Beto. O'Rourke. You sure you certainly will. You certainly will. And so Donald Trump has got to do the right thing for yeah. the economy. He's got to stop the trade. Let's trade stuff. Please stop it, Mr. President. Um, yesterday, mm-hmm. real quick. Did anybody else really kind of have like a sick joy in watching the <laughs> the the Titans battle it out? Uh, in the Oval Office. Oh, Schumer, yes. Pelosi, and Trump? Yeah. Yes. And then Mike Pence sitting quietly nearby. <laughs> Mike Pence was, was he even in the room? <laughs> he was sitting he, right next to Trump. He let the adults hammer, yeah. hammer it out. Yeah. He's just sitting <laughs> in the room just, like, what am I doing I don't know, why, I don't know why I'm here. What, what does a vice president even do in this right. situation? So, <laughs> so yes. I've never, the vice president never been in a situation <laughs> like this before. Um, so let me give you a quick take on this. I'd like to hear yours. Um, and then Pat wants to talk about Kavanaugh a little bit with uh, uh, with uh, with Donald Trump. So so let me give you a quick take. I saw that and I felt good because <laughs> Donald Trump was like, I'll take I'll take it. I'll shut down the government. I don't care what you say. I'm not playing. I'm not afraid mm-hmm. of you. And Chuck Schumer was so arrogant that that's that look yep. on his face was just you just wanted to smack it off of his face. You know what I mean? If I would have made a face like that around my mother, she would have slapped that look right off my face. Um, <laughs> it was just so arrogant and so dismissive. You wanted to go over there and give him something to cry about. Yeah, yeah <laughs> right, right. I wanted my you mom to. to go into that room. Yeah. Stop it, Chuck, right now. <laughs> uh, I'm pulling this White House over. <laughs> right. Uh, so anyway, so it, 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 was, it was satisfying until you really start thinking about it. When you start thinking about it and you watch, what happened yesterday? The Democrats won with the Democrats, standing up and dismissing this bully, Donald Trump. And Donald Trump won with his people for dismissing these two incompetent boobs. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. That's all that happened. Everybody it was wins. a good day for fundraising for both Donald Trump, Nancy Pelosi, and uh, Chuck Schumer. It, it was good for the Democrats and the Republicans yesterday. Nothing happened. We can't get we can't get snarled in this 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 web of we're just fundraising. And I'm not saying that that's what the, the intent was yesterday, but that's the result, and they will learn that quickly. I don't think that was the intent. I think there's genuine dislike on the part of Pelosi and Schumer. And, and frankly, I think, and he said, I, I think the president likes them both. I do too. I, I think they hate his guts so much uh, that they just they can't stop yeah. themselves. Donald Trump is just a businessman who is ruthless, and yeah. so he doesn't hate yeah. you per se. No. He, he can have respect for you. You're a means to an end. Yeah, that's all him. you are. Yep. Uh, but they hate him. No, and Chuck time. Schumer was just oh, ugly. Both gosh, of them were ugly. ugly. Yeah. And he bo- and Pelosi. Both of them, particular. I mean, everybody in the room was, uh, including Pence, by the way. But everyone in the room was very aware they were on television. Mm-hmm. And you know, you could see Schumer. He would say these lines and look at Nancy for approval. Like, did that one look good in front of the cameras? <laughs> know. You know, it's like. And it's there so were other times that he would look at the cameras yeah. like, "It's me." Uh, <laughs> yeah. Huh? Oh, it was so I scored ugly. there, didn't I? So ugly, but revealing, and that's kind of what I liked about it. Yeah, I think that we point. should have the Truman Show for all of them. They should have a camera strapped to their head at all times. Can you think of another <laughs> instance where that's occurred, where an argument like that, a spontaneous argument, has broken out live on national TV? I can't. I can't think of no. a similar occurrence. He's done no. a couple of these things, Trump, in which yeah, he's... Only in, Trump. Yeah. But I haven't seen it with uh, any other president I kind of liked it, though. Yeah. I did, too. I kind of liked it. I did, too. Well, he was the calling their BS. Yeah, let the American people hear it. She tried to pin him down to, uh, you've got the votes. Right. Go ahead and see if you have the votes. You don't have the votes. And he's saying, well, of course I have the votes in the House. I could do it, I could do it today if I wanted to. It's the he Senate should. that's the problem. He should take he that should. off the table. And that's what I think should happen. Yeah, take it off the table. Push that issue. And right then, now. And then have them invoke the nuclear option in the Senate and get it passed by the end of the year. They'll never do it. No, they'll never do it. But they could. Did yes. you do the nuclear option should. on this? Uh, I think so. Hmm. I, would think I think that, so. I would think that this would be the type of thing you could, they would filibuster. Because he, he even said that we need the extra 10 votes. And, yeah, but he, I don't know. you got to get 60 in the, in, according to the Senate rules right now. But I think those can be changed to I mean, 50 yeah. plus 1. It is always rules, yeah, right? I mean, so, yeah. so you can change they, the rules. As they did it with it's justices. It's just that they'd but. have a cow. If you change the rules. Yeah. And then God only knows what happens the next time the Democrats get 51 senators. Right. Yeah, uh, we'd have this big fight right. and it would end up like Kavanaugh did. We had this big fight over Kavanaugh. Yeah. Everybody's like, oh, my yeah. gosh, he's going to go at night and kill women. <laughs> there will be no women. If he's on the Supreme Court, he'll kill every woman on Earth. Well, he'll he, just be a guy club. He was in rape gangs. Yes, so I know. I know. It's not that much and of a so stretch. And so so polarized. <laughs> and what happens? He's become a friend of Planned Parenthood. In I his- know. Just He's already betrayed us. We should have We should have let him derail his nomination. No, and, we and I remember, no, we but I re- yeah, because you would have gotten Amy Coney Barrett. No, we shouldn't. Maybe we shouldn't have because it was the wrong thing. You didn't want to set that precedent. I, I'm not sure. I, you know, and I said this. <laughs> I, I said this during it. Is this guy worth fighting for? Right now, I think as and a the answer is no. no. Right, he's correct. Not. He's he not. was not worth fighting for, but the principle was. The principle is worth fighting for. Yes. yes. And it's one decision. But we shouldn't shouldn't say. I know. Hopefully this but is one thing. It's and, a bad sign yeah. that we were all nervous about. And we thought Amy Coney Barrett would be so much better. And, I, you know, and sure enough, yeah. the first chance he gets, he Good. goes to the other side. And why is it that you never see it the reverse?
You never say. Because they actually believe in something. We always try mm. to get those people who are going to, um, uh, you know, have no record of being right. anything bad. They won't There's take no a hard litmus st- test. There's, well, they have a litmus test. Right. We have. We should have a litmus test. And not don't. on the issues, but on the Constitution. Yeah. I want you to rule on the Constitution as it was written. Sometimes that will work for us. Sometimes that will work against us. I don't care. As written, rule on the Constitution. That's our litmus test. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it be nice if just once you could say, wow, can you believe Ruth Bader Ginsburg sided with Clarence Thomas on that <laughs> yeah. Second Amendment thing? <laughs> right. <laughs> Never. Whoa. Right. I didn't see Sonia Sotomayor getting together with Samuel Alito on <laughs> abortion. Huh. I wish. Uh, <laughs> it's just never going to happen. Didn't Trump never in, in the campaign to say that he was actually fine with a litmus test on some of these things? He did. He was the I only one did, who, yeah. who said that. And, of course, and he should be because mm-hmm. the Democrats absolutely have a litmus test. Of course they do. The litmus this test is Roe v. Wade is settled law, period. Mm-hmm. It's constitutional that you can have abortion on demand. Well, we should get somebody on the other side who says uh, the opposite. That should be the litmus that test. That seems right. And again, I, I, we, you know, we brought this up many times, but Kavanaugh was not on the list that got Donald Trump elected. Donald Trump right. came out with a list right. of 21 justices, and it was the reason that... you know. Dozens and dozens and dozens of people called this program and said, you know what, I, I have my hesitations on Trump on X, Y, and Z, but that list was really good, and mm-hmm. these are a lot of good justices, and that's a really important issue. And it's a really, it was a really logical way to cast your vote. And he put the, he got elected, and the first one he took right off of that list, Neil Gorsuch, and there's been no problems with him. And then after no, he got elected, right every time. he's been great. After the election, they added five people. Now, that's the one thing. My only hesitation with Amy Coney Barrett is that she was also added after the election. Why there are still 20 people on the original list that are not Supreme Court justices? Yeah. Why do you, if you have 20 people still on that and list, why are we expanding too. it? Why are we expanding it? They're all still there. Mm-hmm. They're all still available. Go take them off of that list. The one that, that everyone came together and said, well, you know what? If he sticks to that list, it's worth it no matter what he does. Yeah. It's, I mean, Kavanaugh should have been, you know, after. All of the justices had been replaced, and we still had 11 more justices on that list, and those 11 all dropped dead from a heart attack. That's when Kavanaugh should have been yeah. considered. That would already have to get to zero. To happen, but, uh, it would be very, very unusual. unusual. Yes. And sad. So that's how, yeah. far, that's, that's how far off the mark he is with Kavanaugh. It should also be noted. We, we can't let John Roberts off the hook. Oh, here yeah. Not good point. He also voted with the liberal justices. Oh, I don't even count thing. him as a... John Roberts is I not... Even, I mean, what a disappointment he's yeah, been. I don't even consider him a... He's almost a David Suterland by now. He's almost that bad. I mean, he's certainly at least... He's going to... You know he's at he's least going to be Kennedy. Oh, right? yeah. Which means that yeah. this whole thing about all these justices yes. is not going to get you anywhere. Right? I mean, it's no, just going to bring he, you back to where we were. he'll take up that medal. Yeah, he'll take it up. And if Kavanaugh is also... Kennedy, it, then you're worse off. Mm-hmm. And I it's mean, some sort of legacy thing with him, I think. With Roberts, it with does Roberts, feel that way. With Roberts. With, yeah. Yeah, Roberts. I used to think maybe they had something on him. No, I think it's just a legacy thing with him. He wants to and be remembered fondly no, by history books. I don't even think it's that. Mm-hmm. I think he doesn't want to be remembered as the Supreme Court that changed everything. He just wants... He, I think he wants a, a Supreme Court that's just kind of like, well, no, we're not doing anything over here. No, everybody can love us. We we're we're in, mm. we're in touch with everybody who loves us. Lesson: uh, So many Republicans have learned that it is not possible for you. For you, yeah, no. If you're a Republican, no. if you're right. supposed to be, I mean, just because he was named as a Republican by a Republican, he will always be a Republican. And they're never going to the love media's him. eyes, and they're, they're never going to no love matter him. what he does. 
and they they never do they ever give him credit did Planned Parenthood send out a thank you to Kavanaugh and Roberts nope no looks they'll call him you nope. know uh, that they hate women and uh, they'll they do will. that forever yep uh, which means that he's either a much bigger man than I am uh, and he was like you know what I'm gonna give a bone to them I'm gonna try to con- and he's a much bigger man. Stupid. He's more stupid than I am. <laughs> it's also but not his also, job to be a big man. His I job is to read no, the Constitution. I know, yes. I know that. I That's know that. But I, I remember when he was going through all this, my instinct was, I don't care what the Constitution says. You come in front of me. You're doomed. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good instinct. Yes. Yeah, it's a good Thank instinct. you, Pat. All right. It's my instinct, too, with the Kavanaugh thing. I was hoping he would be, because I was very worried about him when they named him, and we talked about it at, at length on the air. And then there was that hope of, like, well, they were so awful to him, maybe he'll just, he'll do, he'll go like Clarence Thomas and just be like, I, I'm never going to give you an inch because of what you did to me. Now, I'm not saying that's what Clarence Thomas did. He is just a guy who loves the Constitution. But I thought maybe that would harden him. It uh, does not seem to have done that. So this is the time of year we're supposed to take stock of all the things that we're grateful for, um, all the things that, um, you know, have happened, uh, that, you know, have happened through other people, happened through blessings, uh, all of the blessings that we are uh, afforded. This year, I am coming up on my one-year anniversary of taking Relief Factor. I, I don't, I don't, I've never done anything, I've never, like, noticed and knew this is when my life changed with something like this. Mm. Um, but my wife, last year, around this time, I was telling my wife, I don't know I don't know how to do it anymore, honey. I can't do it. I can't take the pain anymore. Um, I started taking relief factor because I just, I just didn't want to be, you know, hooked to narcotics and all of that crap. So I tried it. And my wife forced me to try it. And she's like, what do you have to lose? And I'm like, 20 bucks. And she's like, yeah. And what do you have to gain if it works? My life back. Relief Factor, 100% drug-free, created by doctors, has four key ingredients that help helps your body fight against inflammation, which causes all kinds of problems. My pain is so manageable now because of Relief Factor. This Christmas, crawl underneath the Christmas tree with your kids or your grandkids. Get your life back. Try it for three weeks. 70% of the people who try it go back to order more month after month because it works for them it may work for you, and if it does, your life is back. ReliefFactor.com. Try it. ReliefFactor.com. Hey, in case you haven't heard, The Blaze has expanded uh, greatly. Um, it's amazing because now we're saying, uh, can we get a list of all of the people that are on and we're still expanding? Uh, things are heating up at The Blaze TV if you haven't seen it yet. Make sure you do. Just go poke around. TheBlazeTV.com. BlazeTV.com. You'll save $20 when you sign up for a year. Um, use the promo code BECKCHRISTMAS and you're going to save uh, 20%. Go to BlazeTV.com slash Beck. Use the promo code BECKCHRISTMAS. You'll save 20 bucks. But look at the name. I'm trying to find the, the roster here. Look at the names. Eric Bowling is with us now. Some we have them. Mark Levin. We have Steven Crowder. Uh, Rant Nation, the roaming millennial. She is, man, is she smart. Was she, is, was she in here on yes. vacation week? Oh, when I was so on vacation. You, you have to meet her. Yeah. Uh, Allie is back, back in the woods or in the woods with uh, Phil Robertson. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Capitol Hill Brief. Andrew Wilkow is back. Awesome. Uh, you know, all of our programs that are, are there. Steve Dace. 
Uh, It's the biggest lineup of conservative voices. I think there's 40 different shows now. Something like that. It's crazy. It's crazy. Um, Check it out. BlazeTV.com. Uh, and uh, use Beck Christmas and get 20% off. Makes a great Christmas gift for somebody that you love. Did you want to, at some point, make the decision between $20 off and 20% off, or I just wanted to alternate oh, sorry, every time you say uh, it? No, it's $20 okay, off. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. That's $99 a year, so 20% off and $20 off is almost the same thing. Oh, is it $99? I thought, yeah, okay. Yeah. Is that the, so, yeah. That's your reasoning there, or you just messed it up? Be honest. Yeah, I why don't you be honest? I don't Christmas, know. I'm, why messing, you be honest? No, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm messing it up. Thank you. Is there no forgiveness? Is no. there no mercy? That's a good point. It's, are there no, no workhouses? Is it, it's, a, it's Christmas, and I should also be forgiving. Yes, your, thank you very of your much. Slight mistakes. I. It was slight. Okay. Um, tonight, by the way, on the TV show, uh, I am going to go through all of the books. Uh, is this the final list, or is this still one third of it? I've got, oh my gosh, I, I read a lot. I didn't realize how much I read until mm. I printed out all the books that I read and liked. Uh, tonight, I'm going to go through them. So if you know somebody who likes to read, uh, tonight's the show to watch. If you're thinking about doing any Christmas shopping, I'm going to go through some of the books uh, that I think are just must-reads for anybody who likes to read. And it covers all different genres. Tonight, 5 o'clock only on The Blaze TV. Back with a tragic, tragic story that I think will move you deeply when we come back. Home title lock is a new kind of theft. That's what we need. I mean, if we could just get some new kinds of theft and some new things to worry about, like I've paid off my house or I've got a lot of equity into it, and I think everything's fine because, you know, the bank has the title or I have the title. Now, do you? Do you? You can get now a $100 search for free to find out if you actually do still have the title of your home or if the bank even does. People are stealing titles, and then what happens? They go and they take out a big loan, and that loan is sent to you, Mm. but they own your house. And once it's done, it's a big hassle. Yeah, it is. And for only pennies a day, they put that barrier around your home's title and mortgage and protect you if something does happen, which is great. They have a $100 search, and it's free when you sign up at HomeTitleLock.com. That's the place to go, HomeTitleLock.com. The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenbeck program. Out of all of the stories that we should pay attention to, there is a story out of Alabama that is an absolute must hear and must think about. That's coming up in a minute. Also, the president of the NRA I would say icon at this point, Lieutenant Colonel Oliver North joins us next in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. All right, we're sitting in the X chair, uh, which is just one of the more comfortable chairs I've ever sat in. Uh, It's the most comfortable chair I've ever sat in for the office. Uh, You know, those office chairs, usually everybody gets them from Staples. And gee, I mean, you know. What could be better for your back than a $30 chair? Nothing says back comfort like a staple. (laughs) Exactly right. Uh, X chair is an affordable chair. 
uh, for your back, your comfort. Uh, you know, we spend more time in our chair in the office than we do in bed, which says something about us, doesn't it? And now X Chair has an even more affordable chair. They've made this brand new chair. It's available only for this audience for a limited time. It's the uh, X Chair. Was it Basic? Mm-hmm. Uh, X Chair Basic. Check it out now. Use the promo code Beck. Get a free foot rest when you use the promo code Beck. Just go to xchairbeck.com. Xchairbeck.com makes a great holiday gift. Uh, even if it's for yourself, uh, call, go, go to xchairbeck.com, use the promo code back or call 844-4-X-CHAIR. There are only a couple of organizations that I, uh, belong to. I, uh, I'm not really a joiner, uh, but I joined my church and, I joined the NRA. Those, I think, are the only two clubs, if you will, or only two things that I have real membership in. Uh, and it's because I believe deeply in both of them. And the president of the NRA, Colonel uh, Lieutenant Colonel Oliver North, joins us now. Hello, Oliver. Hey. How are you? I'm glad to be with you, brother. I'm uh, glad you're a member. Uh, yeah. So I want you to take this month's magazines and tear out that right after my column on uh, page nine. Mm-hmm. And tear those out and give your best friends on the planet Earth memberships in the NRA for Christmas. Merry Christmas, buddy. I think I could do that. Thank you very much. Okay, so um, we have you on because you're starting a new show on NRA TV. Yeah. Uh, and the first one is done by a guy who I'm not sure people really know. The average person, they just don't know who this guy is. And he is one of the greatest heroes of our lifetime, I believe. All true. Dave Eubank is a uh, former U.S. Army Ranger, a Special Forces officer, a missionary, and the founder of Free Burma Rangers. And I had covered him when I still worked for Fox, made him part of one of our documentaries up in Kurdistan, and went back out there because this man has such a great story. He is an American hero, thus the name of the show, and he's one of the most remarkable human beings I've ever met. He is out there with his family. In fact, he was in Syria yesterday with a congressional delegation. He lives in Burma. He has a home in, uh, in Washington State. He has the kind of, of courage that is so remarkable. It just had to be our first story in this. In this yeah, it would be a long series. He really, truly believes that he's on a mission from God uh, yeah. to help people and that you know, God will protect him for as long as God needs him to do his thing. And he brings his his family with him. And he is he's been in some of the worst places in the world trying to save people who are being uh, oppressed. Well, we were out there with him in Mosul, and I can tell you that was the worst place in the world. Thankfully, it's getting better now. But what he does is he takes his family with him, uh, is lovely wife and his two gorgeous daughters and his son how how old are it's how old are his children uh oldest of 15 16 she's the only 16 year old i know that can drive a humvee (laughs) (laughs) thank god she can because uh she saved a lot of lives by just putting that sucker on the road and going out and picking up casualties and bringing them back to a field hospital that they had set up you know there's a lot as you and i both know well there's a lot of groups out there that will provide medicine and food and water and the essential supplies but there's very few that will deliver them to the front lines of a conflict like this and that's what makes this guy so remarkable 
Dave walked right up to me one day. We're up in the berm right around uh, around Mosul, getting ready to go into the city. And a casualty load came in from across the berm, helped by the Kurdish soldiers, the Peshmerga. And, and every one of these folks was badly wounded. And Dave raced out there in the middle of no man's land to bring them back. We've got one very remarkable scene in it. In fact, it's part of the tease for the show where he spots a little girl who's the mm-hmm. only survivor of one of these massacres by ISIS. Mm-hmm. And she's wrapped in her mother's clothing. And what Dave does, only Dave could do, because he knew who to call on the telephone. He calls an Iraqi general, and the Iraqi general eventually loans him a tank. And Dave races up behind the tank right up to where the kid is, can't get out because he has to cross an open space of about 50 yards. And he gets on the phone with a U.S. Army officer and a Marine artilleryman, and they drop smoke in between Dave and this hospital that ISIS had taken over, and it's an enormous fortress. I mean, it's got anti-aircraft weapons, anti-tank weapons, lots and lots of guys with guns. And with just that tank to protect him, goes right up to the edge of this battle, races out, grabs the little girl, and brings her back. And the prayer he says just before he goes is as powerful as anything I've ever seen. And he says, you know, afterwards, he said, I, I said, you're a hero. He said, nobody ever wants to be a hero. Nobody tries to be a hero. And what, of course, a hero is, is a person who puts themselves at risk for the benefit of others. That's clearly what Dave does every single day. He does it in Burma. He's done it in South Sudan. He's done it in Iraq. He's done it in Kurdistan. And he's done it in Syria. And without him, scores of people would have died that he saved. So if you are a uh, listener of this program and you are involved with the Nazarene Fund, you know that the Nazarene Fund now is in Burma. Uh, yeah. And uh, the guy who is is working for the Nazarene Fund in Burma is the, the guy who had the rifle behind the tank and stepped out in front of the tank and started laying down fire. So he could go run out and get the child. Um, and uh, it's, it's, uh, they're amazing people. And this guy is one of the most amazing heroes around. You can find it now on NRATV.com. That's NRATV.com. Uh, so, Oliver, can I, can I ask you something? It, because you are, you, are such a, you are such a piece of history now. Um, and you have been for a long time. But now that we have distance from things and we see the world... As you as you see what you went through um, in the 1980s and how the world worked, how do you view that period of time compared to what we're going through now and what you're seeing happening in our country? Well, I, quite frankly, I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed to see that we. I was blessed to work for a great president. His goal right from the very beginning of his eight years was to end the evil empire, and he did. And, of course, that finished uh, in, the, in, the re- in the administration of the guy we just buried here <clears throat> a couple of days ago, uh, George Herbert Walker Bush. I look at what we went through back in those days to eliminate one of the greatest threats to mankind that ever was, which is the evil empire, the Soviet Union. It's all its satellites. And I look at what's happening today with terrorism. I look what's going on in our border. And I say to myself, the polarization in the city that, where I have to go to work, Washington, D.C., The polarization is so great that a president, this president, cannot get the Congress to do what the Congress ought to do to protect our borders. And a a nation that has no borders is not a country. I mean, the the meeting yesterday with uh, Pelosi and Schumer and the president in the Oval Office is, uh, is an example of how 
incredibly left-leaning our Congress is today. Mm-hmm. That, that's a shock to me, quite frankly, because I would have thought the American people did not want this kind of thing to be happening. As I look at what's happening on our border, I, and I've been, I've been watching it for a while, and I've been, I've been comparing it to what's happening on the borders of Israel. I, I believe that we are at the beginning of, you know, a uh, almost a, a Palestinian little mini state there on our border, uh, where we are going to be used just like the Isra- Israelis are used. Um, by the media they were just they're going to attack they'll do things just to continue to bring america down to her knees i think we're in a i think we're in a really uh, bad place to where you can't even recognize truth i mean there are people who are refugees that should be allowed in but there are also people who wish us ill that should not be let in well and, and what you just point out the israelis did solve that problem they built, they built a wall, and, right. and doggone it, you can't argue with the, the effect of it. And it, it, it stopped the kind of terrorism that Israel was experiencing almost every day. It just eliminated it. And at some point, they're probably going to have to build a wall around Gaza. Look, at the Iranians are stirring up trouble in that part of the world, the likes of which should never have happened. All because the last administration in Washington, D.C., let them get away with it. In fact, helped pay for some of it. Gave, gave money back to them that they used for that very purpose. What's going on on our southern border is not the direct consequence of that, but you got to know that they're taking advantage of it. And everybody that knows what's going on on the border, you've been there, I've been there, many of our listeners have been. That open border is an, an abscess in the health of America. And what we saw happening before the tear gas was used with rocks and bottles and, mm-hmm. and feces being thrown at border U.S. Border Patrol it's an outrage, and it should not be happening. My hope is that the president sticks with his guns. Mine too. Um, the, um, the you know everybody is talking about uh, Cohen and Flynn and everything else today. You've been at the eye of a hurricane like that before. What does it what does it feel like to be in that position? And you, it must be very well, lonely. They well. I was I was always certain of the outcome. It was just a matter of how long it was going to take and how, how much it was going to cost to get there. Mm-hmm. I, I never once doubted what my attorney, Brendan Sullivan, told me repeatedly. It's going to turn out okay. It's just going to be a long, hard slog to get there. In my case, it took five years. I was indicted in, in March of 1988. The trial was over in 1992, went all the way to the Supreme Court, and I was eventually vindicated. The, the challenge today is they'll never do what they did to me. They'll never put a hearing together like that, they should never have brought back the special prosecutors. I mean, it's the entire opposite of justice. In in justice, you have a crime committed, you find the person who perpetrated it, and you give them justice. In this Mm. case, you find a person, and then you go trying to look for a a crime that they committed. And that's just the opposite of what justice really is. And unfortunately, I, I said this to the president at the time, don't let this happen. And unfortunately, they allowed the, the appointment and you're going to get what you've what you're always going to get with these circumstances is they've got a person. Now they're going to have to find a crime for which they're going to convict him. And of course, that's what Flynn's going through right now. Wow. Great, uh, great perspective on that. Lieutenant Colonel Oliver North, president of the NRA and the host of American Heroes now on NRA dot com. Always good to talk to you, sir. Thank you so much, my friend. Merry Christmas. God bless.
never more than just a few seconds away from more content on the program. Let me take one minute uh, and then we'll be back into the program. Uh, tell you about Simply Safe Home Security, making it really easy to keep your family safe this holiday season. You can put off a lot of things in life, but you should never, never put off home security. It's your home. It's your family. At this time, it's the stuff that you have in your house that you have under the tree. This is obviously a, an increased uh, period of time for home invasions. They don't want to see you just like you don't want to see them. I mean, most home burglaries happen during the day. So I want you to go to simplysafebeck.com and get your new security system. Now, when you see the price of the security system, try not to be really super angry at the people that you've had do security for your house for so long. Because you're going to see, oh my gosh, have I overpaid. Like, like thousands of dollars have I overpaid. You own this system. It is state of the art. There are no strings, no contracts, no wires. It's $14.99 a month for the 24-7 monitoring. Only at simplysafebeck.com. Do it now. Simplysafebeck.com. There's a holiday deal going on right now. It's simplysafebeck.com. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. I'm Glenn Beck. Stu is with us today. I want to talk to you about this um, this story out of Alabama that is just killing me. Nine-year-old girl has committed suicide. A nine-year-old girl. This story should be everywhere. She committed suicide. She's from Alabama because she was being bullied. She's in fourth grade. She was being called names, made fun of, mocked. The bullying came from her friendship with another little boy, and they weren't the same color. It's in Alabama. And you can't be friends with a little boy that's not the same color in Alabama, apparently. Things haven't changed except the color. This is, <clears throat> this is a nine-year-old black girl who befriended a little boy who was white. They were friends. The white kid, uh, his parents would drive him to school, and so they would stop by her house and pick her up, and they'd drive to school together. And all of her black friends said, why are you friends with a white person? You're black. You're a sellout. You're ugly. You're stupid. What's wrong with you? All over her, fr all over her friendship... If, if, if the role was reversed, I'm sure people would try to exploit this, and it would be everywhere. And this little boy would be remembered as a hero who just couldn't take it anymore. 
This little girl is a hero. Her name was Mackenzie Adams. Made fun of every day because she befriended a person who was white. I prefer to tell this story because she befriended someone who was different than she was. Racism doesn't know color. Hatred doesn't know color. It doesn't know nationality. It doesn't know religion. Hatred just is. And hatred is inside all of us. You know, we each have a good side and a bad side. And if you, if you deny that, well, then you're a liar and probably pretty dangerous. There's a good side and a bad side in all of us. And what started out, I think, as trying to help people know that the bad side was too, maybe too strong in them has turned out to be a force for evil itself because it was arrogant and wrong to say that racism is a white problem. Racism is a human problem. It's not a black problem, white problem, yellow problem, brown problem. It's a human problem. The family members had transferred, had transferred Mackenzie to another elementary school because she was bullied at her school in Linden. They had talked to the school about it. Children were writing nasty notes in class. I don't know how she did it, and I don't want to know how she did it. But I want you to remember the name Mackenzie Adams. You know, we all have our low points. We all have our bottom. I'm wondering when America's going to hit her bottom. When is America going to say, you know, we've got a problem and it's just out of control and we can't, everything I try to do won't stop it. And so I surrender everything that I thought. <laughs> I surrender. I'm not going to fight it this way anymore because this isn't working. In fact, this is making it worse. When is America going to be humble enough to say, we all have a problem and I play a role in it? When? When will the press, when will the politicians say, we each play a role? We each need forgiveness. You know, why are we, why are we banning each other? Why are we deplatforming people? Because there is no forgiveness. Somebody wins the Heisman uh, Trophy, uh, might take it away because, well, look what he said when he was 14. There is no forgiveness. 
There is no decency, no forgiveness, no kindness. Restore that this holiday season and do it in the name of Mackenzie Adams. God bless you, Mackenzie, and God bless your family. So if you're uh, dealing with a saggy jawline or a double chin, uh, you got something you can actually do about that now. Just say it. Just come out and say it. Well, you're sitting right here. I didn't want to be too obvious about it. Uh, You want to try uh, the new product from Chamonix. It's called... Uh, it, it, it's it's actually something I think you'll 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 like. There's a bunch of different things that come come with it. It's this is like their most uh, advanced technology they've ever come up. It's called Gen- GenuCell Jawline Treatment. It's got dual peptide and MDL technology. I don't know what that is, but it helps. I'm uh, soaking in it now. You're soaking. It looks wonderful on you. Um, if if you use this stuff, it's going to help tighten up that jawline. It's going to help the the double chin. And for the holidays, you're going to see seeing all these people you haven't seen in a while. You want to kind of like get, get it going for all these holiday parties. Uh, it's great, and they'll give it to you absolutely free when you order GenuCell for under-eye bags and puffiness. Uh, they've got 800-577-8709 is the place to go, or GenuCell.com, G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com. 800-577-8709 for Chamonix. There is an amazing story um, of goodness that is brewing around the country, uh, and I know because I have tons of email about it, and I will share it next. I've been sleeping on my Casper mattress for a while, and I would pick it over any mattress that I have ever had. In fact, I I did pick it. Um, I I bought it, sent it to my house. I tried it for, I think, five days. I actually was honest, which I don't know if everybody appreciates this, but uh, I said, I'm not sure I like it. Well, it took me a few more days before I really started to have my body settle down. I love this bed. It is Casper. It's a no-brainer. All you have to do is just order it and try it for 100 nights. If you don't have the experience that I have, they come and pick it up and they refund every single dime. So put Casper to the test in your home. The only way to test a mattress is by sleeping on it night after night, risk-free, for 100 nights. Casper.com slash Glenn and use the promo code G-L-E-N-N. That'll get you $50 towards the purchase of your brand new mattress at Casper.com slash Glenn. Promo code Glenn. Get $50 off the purchase of select mattresses at Casper.com slash Glenn. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. Uh, lots of emails have uh, come in um, in regards to the Tyler Perry uh, Walmart uh, idea where he just went in and just paid for people's uh, layaway. Two stores did it in two stores. Uh, Kid Rock just did it in Nashville as well. Uh, and we've talked about it. And uh, so many people are doing something similar. And I just I just want to give you some of the emails that have uh, come in. Dear Mr. Beck, my husband and I listen to you every day today while you were talking about the Tyler Perry story and challenged your listeners to do the same. My husband called me and said, let's do this. We have been so stressed out and struggling financially, and with the season uh, upon us, we've been worried about how to afford to buy our kids things that we wanted to buy them for Christmas. After listening to how your deeds affected so many people, we both realized how thankful we are for what we do have, and we don't have to choose whether or not to buy my children toys or food. This uh, comes from a story that I I told where... um. A woman's layaway was was paid off, and uh, 
she she said at the time I have been laying awake. I've been trying to figure out how to pay this. I, I have three jobs. My husband left me. I lost my home. I just was evicted. I've got four kids. And through tears, she said, I now, because somebody paid off my layaway, I now have the food I need. I don't have to worry about a Christmas dinner. I have the money to buy food. That's remarkable to me. And we don't sometimes live there, you know, we get so lost in what we want or whatever that we don't really recognize the people who might even be on our own street that are making that kind of choice. Um, after listening how it affected uh, so many people, we figured that we could cut some spending out of our weekly budget and pay $100 toward a layaway at Walmart. I went to my nine-year-old son and told him what we were doing. He gave me the last $15 he had from his lawn mowing money that he earned this summer. Together, we paid two strangers layaway bills off in full. My son has a beaming smile on his face, and I am so proud of his generosity. So challenge accepted, Mr. Beck. We have decided to this as a family now every year. Um, Dear Mr. Beck, I don't... uh, I don't know how to go about things like this, and I've always had trouble with issues expressing my feelings. But I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart because somebody paid off my layaway, and now I have a Christmas for my kids. If it wasn't for a kind soul, my tree would be empty because I couldn't afford to pay away my layaway. I recently got married in November and found out that we were expecting our third child. I've been in and out of the hospital, missing work and being sick that my paychecks were all we had to use for Christmas. As a parent, being able to see my kids happy with a smile on their face Christmas Day is a great blessing. Thank you. Thank you for giving me that joy and happiness on Christmas Day. You and your listeners are an answer to our prayers. Glenn, this might be the most memorable Christmas I have had in a long, long time. After listening to your segment, I went to Walmart and wound up paying for seven families' gifts on layaway. One family in line, plus we just finished shopping for two foster kids in the neighborhood. At the end, the manager shook my hand, thanked me, and wished me Merry Christmas. I couldn't even talk. The lump in my throat prevented me from speaking. I just nodded my head in agreement, tried to hold my tears back, and briskly left. Tonight, I hope to make ten stockings out of paper to hang on the mantle. It'll be reminded of what Christmas is really all about. Thank you, Glenn, and thank you, Tyler Perry, for the great idea. Thank you for everything and standing up. Uh, Glenn, as a daily listener, you had the dad tears flowing today as you shared the Tyler Perry challenge that you experienced. And as you said, it does ground you. This year, I am so strapped that I can't even afford layaway as my wife has had a double mastectomy this year and nearly a year of chemo and radiation. My precious bride of 21 years becoming even more of a hero than she was when she gave birth and blessed me with my four beautiful children, all under 16, no doubt. But just hearing about the grandmother, hearing that she didn't have to cancel her Christmas and the mother of four after the husband had left and losing the house, You had me in tears, and for the first time in a long time, I was not cursing the traffic 
on the 405. Instead, I was sharing in a truly human moment with you and with millions. I was touched deeply. Thank you. You stoked the fire of hope within me this morning. I'm glad you took me there. From San Antonio, Glenn, I paid off three Walmart layaways as a result of your show. One man in line, he, he had, didn't know he had to pay the whole thing and didn't have the money. So I tapped him on the shoulder and I told him, I came here today to pay off some layaways and I'm happy to pay yours. He was so thrilled that he called his wife and handed me the phone saying he wanted to thank me. They were overjoyed. I then paid two more while I was there. What a great feeling. You know, we, um, we forget how easy it is to make an impact in somebody's life. That it doesn't take a Tyler Perry. It doesn't take a huge checking account. I learned that Saturday as we were, as we were shopping as a, as a church, we all went out to the Walmart and we were buying toys for a, a, um, a shelter for, uh, abused women and children. And we do this every year. We go out and we, we shop for these kids and then the moms come in, um, to where we have all the toys and then they just go shopping for their kids and it's great. We love it. It's just so great. And I, I heard about the Tyler Perry, uh, thing that he did. And I thought, I've, I've never even thought of that. You know, we think about the people in the homeless shelters, and we think about the people who are going out to get aid, who are in real dire trouble, but we never think about the people who are just on the edge, the people who aren't asking for anything. And I think that's why I like the layaway thing so much, is because these people were, not that, the, not that it's any different, but these people were on the edge and they were trying, trying to do their best to be able to have something under the tree for their kids and nothing for them. And uh, it doesn't take a lot. It doesn't, you don't have to be Tyler Perry. Find a way. I challenge you and your family to put meaning in Christmas this year. Find a way to serve others. Find a way to find that person that thinks nobody even notices me. Even if you don't go to church, sometimes churches will know somebody in that, you know, that area, that church that is really struggling. So if you can't find anybody, reach out to somebody else and say, hey, do you know anybody who's just on the edge? Because I think that's what Christmas is really supposed to be about. We're supposed to humble ourselves at Thanksgiving and we're supposed to be down on our knees and be able to see the child that is laying in the very humble manger in the straw and the family that struggled just to be able to sleep in the manger. Let's celebrate this year by finding those families and helping them. We want to thank our sponsor this uh, half hour. It's uh, Blinds.com. Blinds.com would like to remind you that it's easy 
easy, easy to treat yourself and your home to one of the most affordable makeovers ever. Brand new custom window treatments from Blinds.com. And every order gets free samples, free shipping, free on, online design consultation. Did they come out to your house, Stu, or did you just have them online? We actually were able, able to just do it, send pictures. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, because you had uh, you you decided to go with shutters a few years ago. Yeah, and you can send them. That's kind of the thing that's easy. You don't have to. I mean, you can do the in home thing, but you can also just send them pictures. They'll actually like re you know they'll rework it so you can see what it would look like in your own home. Yeah. Um, they do a great job, and they can do all the design decisions just from the photos. Makes it really easy. Yeah. I don't know if they do anything in home. I don't think they do. No. But I just I thought you had. Oh yeah, no. I don't know. I thought you had oh, connections or something. No, I had. No, I did nope. it on Face. I did it on FaceTime, and it was great. Yeah, okay. It was great, um, and it was amazing. Is we did it on a Saturday morning. We've been talking about doing it for months, uh, and we just never got around to it. And so it was a Saturday morning, and so we we sent in an email. Hey, we need some help. We thought we would get you know. Okay, well, schedule an appointment. The guy called us up on the phone like within ten minutes. He's like, you want to do it right now? We're like, uh, yeah. And the great thing is, he didn't even know who, he he knew who I was, but Tanya had called, left her name, not mine. So he had no idea until we got, until we got on FaceTime and uh, giving him a tour of the room and stuff. And it kind of went to me and he went, you, you, wait, you, you're <laughs> that back. Um, so you get great service. You get the celebrity treatment without being a celebrity. Uh, check out blinds.com right now. If you want to give your house a, a home makeover, do it with blinds.com. It's, it's inexpensive and very, very effective. And they're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings for a reason, because they've been doing it forever and they are the best blinds.com slash Beck. You're going to save a buttload of money plus 10% off with their holiday special right now. If you use the promo code Beck at blinds.com promo code Beck. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. Uh, we've got a lot to uh, discuss. We have something really cool to share with you uh, next hour that I think you're going to be one to be involved in. Uh, also, some phone calls. We're going to get to uh, Richard and Tina coming up in just a second, who have some, I think, some uh, things to say that they like to get off their chest, and we'd like to provide that service. And also, there's a there's a new Ocasio Cortez uh, mm-hmm. uh, sighting. It, it, yes, she was apparently. Um, this is an interesting thing. A reporter was at a GOP gathering at Trump Hotel uh, last night, and Joshua Green. He says the uh, pre- big preoccupation wasn't Trump, Pelosi, or Schumer; it was Ocasio Cortez. And of course, Ocasio Cortez is on the Twitters, and she says, "Good, make them sweat," Ugh. which is like, I, you know, she's basically on social media all the time and uh, commenting either. Be little snappy one-liners like that, or just telling you how she's a victim. Because every single time anyone says anything critical of her, she's a victim because she's a woman, or she's young, mm-hmm. or she's uh, uh, whatever she is. As far as race goes, I don't even know, nor do I care, nor will I ever care to know. Like that's not <laughs> something that's important to me, so I don't care about it. But whatever. Like this is you're in that perpetual victim machine. If yes. you're Ocasio Cortez, yes. But the speculation kind of went on, and, and this this went on through a bunch of reporters and such, trying to analyze why she is, why the attention is on her. Why is she an obsession of the right? Um, why is she an obsession of the media? And I honestly think when it comes to Republicans um, overall, and someone's going to eventually tell her this, if, if she's got someone around her who is uh, smart enough to and brave enough to tell a new congresswoman something like this, 
The reason why Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is obsessed about by, by Republicans is because they are hoping and praying every single night that she becomes the face of their opposition. Shh. She, shh. They are all, shh. They are all sitting back and they are, keep it to yourself. <laughs> a lot of people responded with this. She might, she might learn to read and read this. And it's like, well, that's not, um, but it's, it's, I really do think that's it. Think of the time investment by the Republican Party over the past half century to convince the American public that Democrats were socialists. Think of how much time. Now, there's a lot of indications that many of them were. But all they did in that entire time was fight against it and say, if you call me a socialist, you're a racist. If you call me a socialist, you're lying about me. You're just, you're just, you're just throwing these awful names at me. And we're like, that's not a name. It's a political philosophy. Well, the, the only problem with this mm-hmm. argument is, is that the um, you know, millennials, generally speaking, don't have any experience with socialism. And so they think that it is you know, Norway. Mm-hmm. And it's not Norway. That's not socialism. No. Uh, and, and so they, they don't see anything wrong with it. And they're like, well, what's so bad? No, and I think that's true. Um, Although it tends to, I think that's always been somewhat true with younger aged people. And Mm -hmm. they tend to grow up and and learn about the world a little bit. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I think the idea that you can have as a face of the new Democratic Party. An actual socialist. An actual socialist who also doesn't seem to know the basics about her job. I mean, the fact that you can get someone who's underinformed and overspending is a great combination. And in fact, we should see if she would like to do a show on the Blaze TV. <laughs> yeah. Because it is, it's, I, I do like having her out front. She is. I mean, think about this. It's a gift. That's why the GOP loves it. Do they you know, see her as a gift. Do you know who should be truly embarrassed? Truly, deeply embarrassed. Oh, I can name a lot of people on this list. No, no, no. On, for Ocasio-Cortez. Oh, okay. Who should be the most embarrassed? Oh. Be you. Oh, uh, yeah, BU or BC? Is it B- BC, is it, did she go to Boston the, U or Boston College? I think, yeah, I think you're right. It was BU. So oh, gosh, she, yeah. she has a degree in economics. Yeah. And I think foreign affairs. Yeah. She has no clue. She has no clue. If I were at BU, I would be, I would be questioning our entire system. <laughs> I would be like, how did she get out? Yeah. How is she? How did she graduate? And she's answering things like this? It's like people are, you know, furiously all over America trying to change their BU on their resume to University of Phoenix and hoping people won't notice. Right. I Uh, mean, it's it's and it's not a political thing. She could have come out a conservative and 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 uh, and said these things. She's just she has no idea about how things work (laughs) in her field of expertise. It's true. And, uh, you know, we could go back and look at, I mean, look, it, this is a risky strategy because when you elevate someone you think it's easy to beat, ask the, ask the Democrats how that worked with Donald Trump. Ask the media. Right. How did that work with Donald Trump? I mean, they wanted Donald Trump to be the candidate because yeah. they thought they could beat him and they couldn't. She may get smarter. She may get more savvy over time. She's only 28 years old. Mm-hmm. This is not a strategy without risk, but that is the strategy. People want her to be the face of the Democratic Party. That's why the obsession is there. And the only reason why she's an icon is because she's pretty. I really think she's pretty. That's it. The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. So there's a stupid Twitter war going on over a over an article by Chad Green in The Federalist. The stigma against my conservative politics is now worse than the stigma of being gay. Absolutely true. It's absolutely true. 
He writes, why would a person choose a life where they will be hated, judged, and rejected by society? This is one of the first arguments I learned to defend myself uh, against in arguments about my sexuality. In the late 1990s, it was perceived as a powerful call to the humanity of those who oppose gay rights under the notion that it was nearly a, merely a lifestyle choice. But today I find myself in the same frame of mind and I'm under the same weight of frustration and skepticism. And it's not because I'm gay. Today I look across the turbulent sea of political discourse and say, why would anyone choose to be a conservative? As I told you the story of the little girl in Alabama. Why would anyone choose to be white? This heroic black girl, nine nine years old committed suicide because her black friends were mocking her for having a white friend can we stop with the comparisons because that's not what is important what's important is not the comparisons what's important is the direction are we getting better or are we getting worse let's focus on getting better in one minute this is the Glenn Beck program all right, I want to talk to you a little bit about Liberty Safe. You know, Stu does what every man does, keeps mm-hmm. his purses uh, in the safe. Well, I mean, they're technically my, wi- my wife's purses, oh, okay. um, but they are definitely the most uh, valuable thing I own and my biggest investment um, for my you future. Don't That's my, you don't my retirement them. plan. Well, yeah. we co-own them. You co-own them. I pay for them, mm-hmm. you know, and then it's So I went to American Heritage Auctions here in Dallas mm. one time, and uh, they were, you know, we were doing a special with them and then showing some of the cool stuff that they have for auction you know, in history, they have like a whole floor of purses and it's crazy. I mean, white glove, they handle them. And really? you're like, wait a minute. I... Yeah. This was like a $5,000 purse. And wait a minute. It, it carries keys and stuff in it. Just like the other, the other purses do that are <laughs> yeah. not $5,000. The bag. A lot of times people call them bags because that's what they are. They're just bags. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just a bag that holds stuff. Right. But, and you know you can get those for free at any grocery store. Really? Yeah, you can. Huh, I'll have to yeah. look into that. Yeah, I mean, you might want to check it out. And you don't have to keep those in your Liberty Safe. Anyway, Liberty Safe, the number one safe manufacturer in the nation. They've sold more than 2 million safes for a reason. Uh, they are just unbelievable. They're all made here in America. Go to their website and check out when they try to destroy them, because I, I love this. What, what was it the latest they did? A concrete block or something? From like 100 feet up. Like okay. a... <laughs> from a crane just dropped on the top of a Liberty safe. I love it. So they took this giant thing, 100 feet, they dropped it on a competitor, it immediately just crushed the competitor, dissolved. opened everything, yeah. literally dissolved. Mm. Did the same thing to a Liberty safe, uh, they still couldn't open it. They didn't even, the 2,000 pounds of concrete falling didn't open it. Their full-size safes come with a warranty. Best-built safe on the planet. If you need one, now's the time to get one. Keep your uh, your things and your guns and everything else secure with a Liberty Safe. Go to LibertySafe.com today. LibertySafe.com. All right, I want to talk to you a little bit about... Uh, so what are we going to do about it? So what are we going to do about things? How do we solve this? This little girl in this little girl in uh, Alabama is just killing me. Just killing me. 
such a horrible story. I mean, not just the fact of the of why she was apparently bullied by befriending a white kid and being bullied because black kids aren't supposed to mix with white kids, being bullied by other black kids about it. That's obviously disturbing. And just the idea that how a nine-year-old could contemplate suicide is just for any reason, almost, it's almost shocking that you don't even be aware of the possibility at nine years old. I mean, that's just stunning to me. I don't remember these things happening. I'm sure they did, but I don't remember these things happening in the past. Uh, And I would have been just as outraged if it was, you know, a white kid that was bullied. Now, those I can read in history, but I don't remember those happening, you know, in the recent past, in the last 25 years. And I'm sure one or two have happened. And maybe it's just this one. And I hope it is. But we're not healing. We're not getting better. We're just shifting the hatred from one side to another. Tina's in Massachusetts. Hello, Tina. You had some perspective uh, on this? Yes. Um, I'm biracial. My biological mother is white, and my uh, biological father is black. And um, my mother didn't have a prolonged relationship with my father. So um, she ended up marrying a white man later on and having more children. And he had children from a previous marriage. So I was the only black child in the family. I grew up in a small, um, all-white town, and I was it was brutal with the white kids always, you know, saying horrible things to me. But when I was a freshman in high school, my parents decided to send me to a private boarding school that was a preparatory high school, and um, there were black kids there, and I was like, wow, kids like me. Um it was horrible. It was absolutely horrible. Not only did the white kids not want to deal with me because I was black, the black kids were so brutal. And I just, I couldn't even believe it. They made fun of my hair because I didn't know how to do my hair and I was still wearing an Afro. And this was like in 81. Um, they made fun of my clothes. I dressed white. I spoke white. Um, I acted white. So and Tina, how they, did you deal? How did you deal with this? Where do you come away from it now? That's an eighty-one. So time has passed. So where? What wisdom do you have? You found? Oh, I'm trying not to cry, but because um, mm. it still hurts. I bet it does. Um, it, my, my, I, I have to tell you, I hated being black as a kid. I used to go to nut bed every night and pray that God would make me white and I would wake up every morning and run to the mirror to see if I looked like my sisters. Oh my gosh. And it never happened. Obviously. Did you, did you, Um, did your parents know you felt that way? They sent me to counseling. Um, but they, no, they did not know. Um, my father, my my adoptive father loved history, and I loved history, too, but as a child, and actually as, as a child, I used to hate black people because everything in history books, white people were wonderful, they were strong, they did everything. Black people were always victims. Yeah. The only thing I heard about growing up were the same five black figures, Harriet Tubman, Frederick Douglass, 
you know, and, and, you know, it, it was just these, these five people. Yeah. And I was like, black people can't do anything for themselves. I, I don't well, want to be black. I hate Tina, it. Tina, I have and to, I, I have to interrupt you here for just a second. I have to tell you, we're doing in February, we're doing a, a black history museum here at the studios you have to come. You just have to come because that was my complaint. I said, I don't, you know, you can hear about Martin Luther King. You can hear about Harriet Tubman. You can hear all these things. I want to focus on the people that you've never heard of that made huge impacts, but have been erased by history. You won't believe the stories that we're going to tell in the Black History Museum uh, uh, this this uh, February. Uh, and I'm so glad to hear you say that because I know I, I try to think of myself if, if I were black, my history has been taken from me and and I don't know it. And what would I want to hear? And I wouldn't want to hear about the same things that I could read about in every school book. I want to hear news stories. Exactly. And, you know, as an adult, I'm almost 51 now. Or No, I'm sorry. Almost 52. My husband and I have talked about this and I said, you know, the problem with this country is is woven into the fabric starting in school because they teach white kids essentially that black people are um, are victims and they teach black kids to hate themselves that they're victims, that white people are wonderful and they do everything. That's my own personal feeling. That's what I came away with mm. from 12 years of school. Mm. And you know, and, and I still see it. It just, you know, when my stepkids, when I looked at their school books, the things that, you know, were glorified um, were things to me that I, I didn't understand why Marilyn Monroe had four pages in a history book. I'm like, I know. really? I know. I'm, I'm like, and, and Elvis Presley. And there was one page on George Washington, and I didn't really see anything on Frederick Douglass. I just... The problem goes to our schools. We are, it's an institutional racism that is, that is subconsciously woven into all of us because of what we're taught in school and how we're taught it. You know, black history shouldn't be a month set aside every year. Black history, it should be chronological, woven in with everything else. It shouldn't, yeah. you know, it should be set aside. Black History Month is a good start to raise awareness of it. But I have to tell you, it's not black history. It's American history. It's American history. Amen. So, exactly. Uh, Tina, thank you so much. Thank you for calling in. Um, and God bless you. Um, when we come back, I, I've got a couple of things um, that I want to share. Well, you know what? Let, let's just do one, one more phone call here with Richard uh, in Tennessee. Hello, Richard. How are you? Doing good. How you doing? Very good. Uh, we got a guy here that owns a lot of property in Memphis named Fogelman, Aaron Fogelman. Okay. And he went to Burlington Coat Factory and paid off $25,000 worth of layaway. Wow. After he did that, and I was listening to Ben Ferguson, and he was talking about the left and some people talking about paying off these layaways that it's just the rich people trying to show off and the rich people trying to put their name out there and get the glory for it. And, you know, just trying to put everybody else down, you know, that can't afford it. 
And I was like, you know, every time you do something good on the right, the left has got to do something to counter it, you know. I don't know if that's and, left or right. I mean, I, I will tell you this. My sister called me, uh, my eldest sister. Uh, no, she didn't call me. She called my sister, my other sister, and just read me the riot act through my sister. Um, how dare Glenn say anything about it? It just undoes everything, everything he was trying to do, blah, 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 blah. And I was talking to my sister about it, and I went, look, Tyler Perry inspired me. If he would have kept that quiet, I wouldn't have had the idea. I didn't even exactly. think about it. I mean, there there is a time and place you keep things quiet and you do things like that. But there's also a, a, a time that you allow inspiration to inspire other people. That's good. Right. Well, like Ben said, you know, he doesn't care if somebody gets the publicity, you know, furthers their brand or their music or whatever. whatever. It's helping somebody get their stuff for Christmas that would not normally get it. Yeah. And that's what counts. That's what that's what the whole point of it is. Richard, thank you. Thank you so much for uh, calling in. Thanks for listening to uh, Ben. Um, we appreciate it. God bless. Ben, by the way, is is part of the uh, Blaze TV. If you are a big fan of his, you can sign up. BlazeTV.com. BlazeTV.com. You get $20 off if you sign up for the year. If you use the promo code BeckChristmas, that's BeckChristmas, BlazeTV.com. It strikes me, too, as just an anti-rich person thing. Um, you know, because if, let's just say, you know, some, some rich person, some celebrity comes in and does $10,000 and spends it on... Uh, you know, Walmart paying off or a hundred thousand dollars, you know, paying off Walmart layaways. Like they're getting criticized for that. For what? For what reason? If if someone only had a hundred thousand dollars in the bank uh, and they gave all of it away, there'd be no one who would say, oh my gosh, they're just looking for their self aggrandizement. Like no one would say that. It's, It's like the idea that these people have, they can also still go home and have a nice house or a nice car. That's the problem everyone has. People don't like it when you when you, it's like well, it, but it doesn't make it. I mean, it just it's just still helping people. You know, Who cares? It, again, I will I will side with our color on the last uh, on this one part of you know the left always has to have it you know always you know they hate the rich because the rich never do anything. The rich don't ever go and help or do anything. Well, here's Tyler Perry four hundred and seven thousand dollars. Here's Chris Rock or Kid Rock. Doing the same kind of thing. What? Why? Wait. You you're you're mad at them for some reason? Why? Right. Th- these people are voluntarily giving their money away, and they're giving it to a place where it's one hundred percent of it is going right directly to the people in need. One hundred percent. Not like the what forty seven percent that goes if you give it in taxes. cool way for you to uh uh help out here in um in uh, just a second uh, something that we just found online i want to you know i want to talk to you a little bit about taking stock in the things that you're grateful for the one of the things i'm really grateful for is after a year of taping taking relief factor my pain is so much under control uh last year at this time um i said to my wife in fact it was at thanksgiving that I had a meeting with all of my agents that nobody knew about. And I said, um, I, I don't know if I can do this anymore. And I certainly don't want to do it anymore. Uh, but uh, I can't take the pain uh, anymore. I said to my wife, she said, will you try relief factor? And I said, it's not going to work. It's, you know, it's one of those, 
healthy things, blah, blah, blah. You, it needs to have narcotics in it to take away pain. <laughs> and I didn't want to take narcotics. And, and so um, I tried it. I tried it for three weeks. I have my life back. I take it three times a day, every single day. And while it hasn't you know, alleviated all my pain, it has made a huge, huge difference to where I can tolerate the day. And I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not walking around going, I, I can't do it another second. Relief factor. Get under the tree with the kids and the grandkids. Get your life back. Try it for three weeks. 20 bucks. Try it. 70% of the people who try it go back and order more uh, month after month. It's relieffactor.com. Relieffactor.com. You're never more than a minute away uh, from uh, the show. The first half hour of every hour on this uh, program, the Glenn Beck program. Thank you so much for listening. Um, We found something on a GoFundMe page that I wanted to bring your attention to, because I think for the next few days, we should find a GoFundMe page that we could do and that we could point you to and we could make somebody's dream come true. Okay, so we found one uh, from a family family. this family, let me just say this. My father was 19 years old and he's always wanted to go back uh, to D-Day. He landed uh, at Normandy on D-Day and he has always wanted to go back to France. He was the youngest in his unit. He's now the only survivor of the 453rd Automatic Weapons Battalion out of Fort Knox. He was a machine gunner on a half track. My mother never wanted to travel and he would never leave her side. They were married for 71 years. She's just passed away. And my sister and I are trying to make my dad's dream come true and be part of the D-Day ceremony in Normandy for the 75th reunion. Um, I think we can do this. They want to raise $12,000. And I think they are. I think they're almost halfway there now. So I want you to go to GoFundMe. And just uh, just search for Get to Normandy. Okay, Get to Normandy. Uh, it's a World War II veteran that wants to go to Normandy. It's Lori and Julie are the daughters. They're from Tacoma, Washington. Uh, and uh, their dad, Lauren, landed on the beach on June 6, 1944. And it would be so cool to put him back there for the 75th anniversary. And it'd be great if they could have this all wrapped up and give it to him for Christmas. So go to GoFundMe.com and search for Get to Normandy. Now, if you do do any of these things, will you do yourself a favor? Will you put this story underneath your tree? What do you mean put it under your tree? If you're helping anybody, if you went to Walmart, put the receipt underneath your tree and open it on Christmas or put it in a stocking and sit on Christmas morning and talk about the people that you helped impact. Let your children and you it's a it's the best present you can give to your family and you is to share your blessings. But I don't want you just to do it and then feel great today. And then Christmas comes and you're not even thinking about it. Put the receipt to remind you and talk to your family and your children. So put if you help him out, go to GoFundMe and search for 
get to Normandy. Yeah, we also, uh, tw- I just retweeted it out for Matt World, so we could do it from Glenn, your account as well. Okay. Um, and and help them. But then print it out and make sure you talk about it with your family so you can enjoy the idea that they opened up a present as well. That somebody else that you're not seeing, you sent a present and it was a big deal and it was a great thing that they wouldn't have had for Christmas. But you guys helped pitch in. So, again, go to GoFundMe.com. Uh, get to Normandy is what you search for. And uh, let's see what we can do. I mean, we should be able to do this within an hour. Now they're at like $4,000, so they want to get to $12,000? Yeah, $8,000. We should be able to raise this quickly. Go and uh, do this right now. It's a great story. Make this this hero veteran make his lifelong dream come true. Back in just a second. You're listening to Glenn Beck. So, so do you play games with your kids, Stu? Do you play like board games or anything? Uh, yeah, sometimes. Do you? Yeah. Have you ever played the game Say Anything? I have played Say Anything, yes. Say Anything is a great game for you to play as a family because you learn about your kids. Uh, and I remember the first time we played it, we learned how they were thinking and how they were perceiving people in the family. And it was Tanya and I walked away. We we're like, ha, 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 this is fun. Funny. We walked away going, holy cow. Did you just did you just pick up on that? It's amazing. Now, this is not why they invented the game or put it together. It's not so you could figure out your kids, but it does. It helps you figure out your kids and everybody in the family, and it's a lot of laughs. It's Say Anything, and you'll start to see things through other people's eyes. Say Anything. It's available now uh, at Target. Go to the toy section. Ask for it. It's easy to get at Target. It's called Say Anything. All right. When we come back, anger, the real roots of American outrage. This is the Glenn Beck program. Welcome to the show. We're glad you're listening. Um, I, I, I want to go back to a uh, I want to go back to a story we mentioned earlier about the real roots of American rage. Um, it's a uh, it's a story that is out, and I want to talk to the author, and I want to explore this a little more. But it's an interesting article that is out. Just search for it, or I'll post it. Real Roots of American Age, uh, and it, it it starts in 1977 with a researcher um, up near Greenfield, Massachusetts, and and he decides to take this this anger um, survey. Now, Greenfield at the time was like 18,000 people. It was middle class. He didn't think everybody was angry, and he 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 really didn't think much about this survey. He didn't think it would show much anger. Um, the first. The first response that came back about when tell me in the last week when you've really been angry. And the first response was uh, my husband just bought a brand new car and took it over to his girlfriend. So uh, so she could uh, she could drive around in it. And then he brought it home to me. Uh, I don't know how she found out about that, but she had a reason to be uh, angry. But. He didn't think that he'd get much more. And he found that there is this anger that is brewing underneath this veneer um, that is that's always there. 
and that we live in a society that says if you're angry, you should be kind of ashamed. And he said what he learned in this is that, no, that's that's not true, that you have a reason to be angry at times and you should not embrace, but recognize your anger and let it out. And uh, it's, it's just don't dwell on it and and don't keep picking at it. And what we're doing now is we're being controlled by our anger. Uh, and he said this is why he thought that Donald Trump was going to win, because people said he's too angry. And Donald Trump's response, do you remember? Damn right I'm angry. The, the country's being run by idiots. <laughs> and he said it was at that moment, because of the research that he did, he thought this guy's going to win. Because that's what people were feeling. And I, I find it a really interesting uh, a study that was completely disconnected from 1977, and we'll get into that maybe on later this week. Um, it is, it, uh, it kind of ties in uh, to, to what? Yeah, I was going to say, but this is we're seeing this so often. Uh, you know, the way the anger just rules us, and it, I think we instead of because you're saying like don't dwell on it, but we've turned that into. A, a mission a statement, pastime. right? Like it's not—it's not something we're yeah. trying to avoid and failing. It's something we're trying to exploit. Yeah, we're trying to get people to focus on their outrage and then hold on to it. It's the entire purpose of the yeah. internet currently, mm-hmm. right? It is. I mean, like they, there's a the column you mentioned earlier uh, by Chad Felix Green for the Federalist, who wrote uh, the stigma against my conservative politics is worse than the stigma of being gay. He's a gay conservative, a well-known gay conservative who writes often on, you know, not just causes related to this, but all sorts of conservative things. Um, And the the reaction to it is, for example, Deadspin, um, which uh, it was my impression they were a sports website. I don't know. I don't know what this is, but uh, the title of their uh, response to him is uh, conservative gays need to shut the F up. Now, Mm. you're allowed. I'm sorry. That's the world we're in. You're allowed to tell uh, uh, an entire group of people like that to shut up gay gay people that's okay and again it's your intersectionality yeah, you have to tell thing. them to shut up because they're fascists right because they're gay. And, <laughs> and and it's interesting a lot of people are like oh don't you realize you're proving his point in his article mm-hmm. like you're, you're saying the stigma is worse mm-hmm. and it's not really what the article says the article is agreeing it should be worse yeah you should be you should be demeaning people for being conservative that's what you should do and you shouldn't do that for being gay now i certainly agree we shouldn't demean people for being gay uh, but you also shouldn't just demean people and tell them to shut the F up if they happen to like lower taxes. That's not a sensible position, especially for a sports website, which I don't under, even understand. <laughs> but it's not just that. It's a, it's it's everyone going after him today. And I have never seen a conservative. I'm sure somebody has done this, but I've never seen a conservative uh, say anything bad about this author because he's gay. I've never seen anyone oppose, uh, you know, uh, and, and get fired up over that reason. People, you know, conservatives aren't, that's not what we're supposed to be doing. There's a lot of prominent gay conservatives who write about these types of topics all the time, but they're not defined by them. It's not all they write about. They have other opinions and other thoughts about other important issues. And the idea that, that you know, a major company and a major website would have the idea that it's an appropriate action to tell all people who are conservative and gay that they have to not speak their mind. I mean, we talk about going into a closet. You're, mm-hmm. it, it, it certainly is making the point that he's making uh, in the original op-ed. But in addition, it, there's no, there's no, there's no attempt to hide it, 
right? There's not an attempt. It's something to be proud of to shun someone because of their political views and get angry and swear about it because, hey, we're embracing that anger and that's what the world is about. I, I responded to somebody on uh, Twitter. I can't find it now uh, this morning that, that said they read this article and then they said, you know, uh, conservatives, uh, they, they had a little uh, back and forth, you know, um, us or no, sorry, conservatives. Uh, homosexuality is uh, a perverse c- condition uh, and they all must be eradicated. And then he put in his position, you um, uh, that's uh, that's unreasonable. And uh, no, you shouldn't do that. Conservatives. Um, uh, oh, m- my plight is so horrible. Excuse me. <laughs> that's not what's happening. What's happening is. You, this person, you say, here's what conservatives say. They think that it's a perverse and all gays need to be eliminated. When conservatives say, no, that's not what we believe. And then you just butt in and say, fascist, deplat for them. <laughs> Shut up. I mean, it's like, what are you do? What are you talking about? It's about it. It yeah. is it. It is it. This is the, the, these these ridiculous tropes that they use to say this is what conservatives. No, that's not what conservatives believe. It's not. It really, it, it's not. I mean, identity politics have never supposedly been part of what conservatism is, at least to me. I mean, you can't, if you're an individualist and you believe in a small government and you believe man can attempt to rule ourselves like we have in this experiment here, you don't see things in groups of people. Now, I know there have been people in the past who have been racist and have been, you know, anti-Semitic and all sorts of things, but like it's fundamentally at odds with our philosophy. Now, that doesn't mean that every person who says they're a conservative has has had no racial bias. Certainly going past, certainly in the, in the history books, we're going to see some of that. And you're certainly, uh, some of it's active today. But the bottom line is, fundamentally, you're you're identifying people as a group instead of an individual. And when you do that, that is, an, that is an, the most anti-conservative thing that you can do. Here is the, here is the thing that, uh, that we uh, do not discuss. And this is, I think, one of the real rubs. A socialist can say, look, we can just all put our money into a giant pile and we'll all take care of each other and everyone will have their needs. OK, everybody will be taken care of. And you can say that's utopian mm-hmm. and it never, ever has come close to working ever. You have a capitalist system and you want a welfare state that has worked up in the Netherlands because it was a very um, uh, uni-identity uni uh, kind of uh, population. Everybody was the same, so it was a lot easier. Once you started to put people in there that were not Norwegian, once you started people putting people in there that do not want to marry into that culture, it, the whole damn thing fell apart. But... That's with the capitalist system and a welfare state. Socialism has never, ever in the history of the world ever worked. It's a utopian idea. And so they will always say, yeah, but this time we can do it. Conservatives are immediately called hate mongers because that's not what that's not what happens. That's not what happens. We see you. We see what happens. You say you want a small government, then people starve to death. Well, actually, no. Um, capitalism and conservative ideas of the idea that every man 
if he's left to his own devices, he can make a difference in his own life. And sometimes he needs a little bit of a safety net. Sometimes he needs people helping him out. But small government actually changes the world. We have 250 years of evidence of that working in astonishing ways. But they hold us to we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal and endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights and among these life liberty and the pursuit of happiness really well what about the founders they were all racist well no actually that's wrong but i'll even give you to the point yes slaves were happening they were having that argument at the time that ideal is a utopian ideal that i will tell you now man will never perfect Man will never get that right, but it's worth striving for because when we strive for that idea, it actually changes the world for the better. Bumps along the ways, mistakes along the ways, really bad guys like Jackson along the way because they are not in sync with that ideal. Socialism as an ideal, it's wonderful. It's never worked. This one has never just been perfected. I don't know. I think I'm going to go with the one that's been working, but we can do better on. And it's all the it's it, all the things that the left supposedly is so against racism and sexism and homophobia and all of these things are all intertwined so closely every time socialism is attempted yes it's always, always part of it do you think che liked other you think che liked gay people you think che liked uh, other races uh about listen to his words about about black people listen to his words about gay people go chavez the same thing the soviet union certainly again even when you go back to like oh well what about uh, the the south and the you know the separation and and, and all of that first of all you're gonna see a lot of d's after the names of the Fact people, uh, yeah, that's the first thing you're going to notice. But mm. secondly, how can how can something, uh, an organization, a group of uh, people, of uh, a philosophy, who supports small government, possibly be in favor of taking an entire color and not allowing them to go to certain water fountains? Mm-hmm. That is not the way a small government person thinks. Those are large government. You have to have a large government to enforce nonsense like that. That's why we always advocate for the opposite of it. You get you. It's all, every single time it, the groups change, the faces change. You want to go to see socialism in in action in Africa? They might be hating a different group, but there's always a group to hate. There's always a group to be demeaned, and it's always by this large collective. If you avoid collectivism, you avoid racism because racism is an example of collectivism, and that's why it's completely inconsistent. The same thing with homophobia, the same thing with sexism. It's inconsistent with the view of conservatives. And it's why I hate like what happened yesterday. I celebrated. I loved it in one way because I'd like the cameras to be on these politicians all the time. (laughs) What happened in, in the Oval Office yesterday? Because in the end, that was only dividing us into tribes that changed no minds for the Democrats, changed no minds for the Republicans, only polarized us into two different groups. Look. We got to solve these problems. They're not going away. And just yelling at each other is not going to work. We have to solve the problems. And I think the American people want to solve the problem. I just don't think people in power want to solve the problem because this collectivism, this this progressivism has infiltrated. It started with the Republicans for the love of Pete, and they've never divorced themselves from it. It's in both parties. And that is an anathema to small government. Casper Mattress, you want a good night's sleep? 
try the Casper mattress. You're not going to want to get out of bed. It's going to be all nice and warm and cozy, and you're going to be just so perfect. And then your alarm clock goes off. I know. I have one. Casper mattress. By the way, when I say you're going to be warm and cozy, this is a this is a uh, a foam mattress. But if you've ever slept on a foam mattress, I don't know about you, I hate them. Because I'm always a billion degrees. They overheat and you're just they trap the heat and you wake up and you're you're like you're in a swimming pool. It's like you're being waterboarded. Not with a Casper mattress. They have reinvented new foam that does not trap the heat. So you're gonna have the right pressure relief and you're gonna sleep cool all night. Casper ships free to your home in a small little box. You just open it up, and the mattress pops out, and this is actually it's like a magic show. Uh, it pops out and uh, you sleep on it for 100 nights. If you don't love it, you call them and they'll come pick it up. No questions asked. They'll refund every single uh, dime that you have. I think it's like this is why they have like 35,000 five star ratings on uh, Google and Amazon and, and Casper dot com. Go to Casper dot com. Use the promo code back right now. Get $50 off the purchase of your select mattresses. It's Casper dot com. Promo code back $50 off the purchase of your select mattress casper.com terms and conditions to apply we go to Les in Florida hello Les Les welcome to the program uh, thank you it's been a long time uh, last time I talked to you was in uh, 2001 January your birthday dropped kind of still wow wow and I got my picture with you and I guess if I showed it to you you would never know who these two guys were. Yeah. <laughs> You've aged as well as I have. Yeah, I mean, that Good. was, what, yeah. Glenn's 58th birthday back then? Shut so, up. I mean, Shut up. must have been. So, Les, what's so, up? You, you, remember, you remember Malcolm Glazer head? <laughs> oh, yes, <laughs> I do. Yes, I do. That was me. That was me. You had to hold the head up so the kids could hit it. That's and there was nothing so funny. Okay, I've only got a minute here, Les. What, how can I help you? Last January, I know everything happens in January, my birthday and all that crazy stuff. But I was, my, tr- my truck transmission went out, so I had to get it fixed. And, and I was there getting it picked up, paying the guy. And there was a, a young couple there, and uh, he he worked as in Port Ritchie. He worked in Valrico Construction Company, or they were building something. Yeah. And their transmission went out, and he had to fix it. And something told me, hey, you know, you got 300 extra dollars, give it to them. So I went to Joe, and I said, Joe, this couple, they need their transmission fixed, and they're and they're trying to figure out what to sell that they got to get the extra three hundred dollars. He just put it on my card and pay the taxes with it, and I never said anything about it. But you know, I did reach out because you know I believe in my Lord and Savior Jesus, and I'm like I should have I should have witnessed to him about it. But in my mind, I was thinking my wife's gonna kill me. Yeah. <laughs> I had that thought. I had that thought uh, this weekend as well. So that's why I brought her in real quick. Uh, but I, I tell you, Les, um, uh, you did good, and it is a witness. It already is a witness. Your actions are truly a witness of who you serve. Merry Christmas, and thank you so much for calling in. You're listening to Glenn Beck.